Good morning, Faith Fellowship. It's good to see your lovely faces. Um, yeah, I can. I, see, when I was in Acts, I got really used to saying, if you have your Bible, turn to it. <laughs> but here, just be ready. Okay, Get your Bible out. That's why I'll say that. So we're going to continue our study on the prism of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And today's entry is going to be imputation. Now, automatically, my Bible students here will go, Dale, that word is not in the Bible. But impute is. Okay? And I just have my liberties <laughs> and added shun on the end. <laughs> okay? Now, what you will see, and we'll get into that later, is there are going to be other variations of that. But um, first, I want to at least mention to you this. Our definition of impute is to ascribe or attribute. Okay? To ascribe or attribute. And the one thing that I want you to kind of just think about is like, like a bank and having a credit added to your account uh, or, you know, money being withdrawn, right? And so just keep that in your mind. Sorry, hang on a second. Let me move this down because I can kind of hear that. It is bugging me. I'm shot of spite, like, praise the Lord. <laughs> okay, so when you see that, what we're going to kind of discover is there are things that can be attributed or ascribed to you. Sin is one of them, obviously. Uh, wickedness, iniquity. But obviously the one that gives us hope this morning is righteousness. And so if you think about this idea, like, I have this account. And that the Lord would deposit in that account righteousness. Man, this is like this really critical thing. Like you want to figure out, well, okay, let me get that, right? Because you know maybe how the character, the things that you struggle with, think about or whatnot. And so perhaps it is that, well, that sin or wickedness is like, yeah, that's on my account too, right? Okay, well, we'll talk about that. So now, but I want to read this verse in order to kind of get your heart in a particular position this morning. If we're thinking about having an, this account, right, and maybe that account is a little uh, dry <laughs> or needs a good deposit, there is something that the Bible says very critical. In Luke 12, 34, it says, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So now think about that. If, if we're talking about imputing things that can actually make a debt or things that could be of a benefit, now we're saying here, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And so now you need to make a connection that perhaps that deposit that was made was telling of where your heart was. See, we want, what we want to do is Allow the Bible to reveal this truth concerning this idea. Okay, and so the entries for impute, imputed, or imputeth are these listed. If you want to take a picture of it, there's another screen that would be after this. Or maybe not. No, I'm sorry. It should be 13. Okay, and so these are all the spaces when you put in a blue letter. Impute, asterisk. 
you will get all of these, okay? And so the thing is, is what, we're not going to look at all of these this morning, but the thing is, we kind of want to just look at, does the Bible support the idea and make this connection in terms of this treasure and where my heart is and what I treasure? Because now the thing that I want you to do is understand something. Your heart has a value system. And perhaps there are some things that you need to uh, look at from the heart position, just like the Lord does. And so now let me give you some values real quick this morning. Our first key point is going to be this. We must value the king. See, I'm assigning already some kind of value to the king. And then now, it's also my heart would be in that same spot. And I'm ready to hear. And boy, I have a whirlwind story to tell you about King David and his servant, Shimei. So you guys may know this is after all of the craziness that just happens with King David's family. And uh, this is during the period where Absalom has now decided that he's going to overthrow his father's kingdom, right? And uh, so now David leaves and flees out of Jerusalem. And when he leaves, Shimei is recorded his words. And, uh, you know, long story short, essentially what happens is King David comes back. And when he does, Shimei meets him face to face and essentially is like, hey, forgive me. Man, don't, don't lay to what, what history you have with me. Do not lay that to my charge. And essentially, David does it, and he forgives him. And so we're going to read all that just so you can see, but just so you can map, wrap your head around what it is we're looking at, we're going to start obviously kind of jumping into the middle of this. 2 Samuel 19, 18 through 22 says this, And there went over a ferry boat to carry over the king's household, because now there's this return back, right? And it says, and to do what he thought good, and Shimei the son of Gera fell down before the king as he was come over Jordan, and said unto the king, let my, not my lord impute iniquity unto me, neither do thou remember that which thy servant did perversely the day that my lord the king went out of Jerusalem, that the king should take it to his heart. It's interesting now in terms of this heart position, now he's like, hey, uh... I know I said some pretty spicy things here, but don't lay, don't lay this to your heart, right? Verse 20, I love this. I love this statement. For thy servant doth know what, that I have sinned. Therefore, behold, I am come first this day of all the house of Joseph to go down to meet my lord, the king. But Abishai, the son of Zariah, answered and said, Shall not Shimei be put to death for this, because he cursed the Lord's anointed? And get this, now this in your Bible, you probably want to highlight, you want to underline, but you, man, do not miss this. And David said, what, I've, what I have to do with you, ye sons of Zariah, that ye should this day be adversaries unto me. Shall there any man be put to death this day in Israel? For do I not know that I am the, <laughs> this day king over Israel? And so he goes on to just continue to say, like, man, Shimei is good. And so now I... To give you some perspective, let me tell you what he said. This would be, if you're taking notes, 2 Samuel 16, 
5 through 14. And it just says here, one of the accounts here of this that I have. And when King David came to uh, Bahram, behold, thence came out a man from the family of the house of Saul, whose name was Shimei and son of Gera. And he came forth and cursed still as he came. Cursed still. Like this guy is yelling out curses to King David. <laughs> right? And he cast stones at David. And at all the servants of the King David and all the people and all the mighty men were on his right hand and on his left. And thus Shimei, when he cursed, come out and come out, thou bloody man, thou man of Belial. Wow. <laughs> you are throwing, you're <laughs> yelling cursings. You are uh, <laughs> throwing stones. And then you call David a man of the devil. So does King David have the right to <laughs> impute to Shimei death? Right? Was he not, would, would it not be just for him to do that? Okay, so the thing obviously of note that you want to take note here is that this is Christ-like behavior for King David. But King David decides not to kill him. And at this point, this is an account. Shimei has an account, and it's empty. It makes me think of that statement, you know, your mom said, told you don't be writing checks. You know what? <laughs> Y'all heard it. We're not, we don't need to finish it. You know it. <laughs> and so, Shemay, brother, uh, you about to write one of them checks, <laughs> right? Man, he cast stones. But then later on, you see that he owns up to his sin. And so this makes for us some very useful tools that I want you to get down. Because the thing is, going back to that verse that we read earlier, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Man, he is adding value to King David. His heart is there. And so now the first thing I want you to get down as a useful tool, all those in authority deserve respect. The Lord has propped them up. And so now this helps us at work. And I just thought of something, too, you know, as we try to establish shepherds in this class and evangelists, but shepherds, um, man, good shepherds are the ones that can be shepherded. And so you have to assign some authority, some respect to authority in your life, whoever that may be, president, bosses. Husbands, pastors, Bible study leaders, disciple, makers, learners. <laughs> the other thing I want you to get down is humility goes a long way to repair relationships. See, the thing that you got you to gotta consider something is, is if, you, if you value the king, man, then your approach obviously, should be one of humility. He knew, Shimei knew that something was wrong. He knew that he had said what he had said is wrong. And so now he wanted to make that right. Man, and a lot of times when certain things that offend us or whatever we're going through and we're dealing with, we can kind of feel propped up in it and think that, you know, we have some right. And so get this down. You don't have all the data. 
What Shimei didn't have is all the data. He didn't see all the things. I left out a ton in that. There's a lot of decisions of why it is that King David left Jerusalem. And heartbreak is one of them. Shimei doesn't know that. Sometimes you may assign even to the Lord where your heart is a little off from him because now it is that you don't understand why it is that he's allowing this challenge or difficulty in your life. And maybe it's been kind of lengthy or particularly ugly, right? And you can just kind of go, man, I don't, is God really for me or not? Man, listen, you don't have all the data what it is that why God is bringing that to your front door in the first place. See, we gotta, we gotta value the king. And in particularly, yes, we could, we could attribute that to the leadership of our lives, but man, directly, I'm talking about, you know, the king. See, you don't, you don't have God's full mind and why it is that he's doing what he's doing. But the one thing that he's already communicated with you is that he loves you. He's with you. And so very much you want to absolutely fall on that as a heart position. The other thing is, write this down, don't make difficult situations more difficult by having a hard heart. When you're in the midst of something, you're going through challenges with people, even challenges you don't understand exactly what the Lord is doing. Don't let your heart position be so hard that now you are beyond listening. You know that? You know when you see people, they're in arguments, and essentially nobody's actually listening. You're watching two people argue, and there's maybe even like truth being said between them, but I'm really just waiting you to, for you to finish talking so I can start talking. You know what I'm saying? See, I love that, man, even though Shemay just came up to him, he's like, I need to make this good. I need to be honest and open up front. I know what this could mean. And man, he actually, you know, triggers that loving heart that King David has. Obviously, we know he's a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And so what we see in that is very much like what the Lord Jesus does for us. But that wouldn't have happened if he had to come up and start throwing stones and cussing again. He would be dead. Right? So be careful about how you approach the authorities in your life. One of them even particular, your Bible. It's an authority in your life. And if you have a heart position that is hard against it, man, when it's trying to give you correction, you will just ignore it. How's it going to help us to establish shepherds in this class if that's our position? It's not. And so we must value the king. The second thing we must value is correction. We must value correction. We'll see this in Psalm 32 if you want to turn there, 1 through 5. It says a Psalm of David, Maskil. Sounds familiar, right? <laughs> Blessed is he whose transgressions is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. 
When I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. For day and night, thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture was turned into the drought of summer. Selah, I have acknowledged my sin unto thee, and my iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgression unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. Selah. And so let's get some useful tools here. Because maybe there is a spot in your heart right now that you absolutely need to do. We must acknowledge our sin. Sometimes you know you're doing wrong, but you don't really acknowledge it. You just try to ignore it, like, don't look at it. I know I'm in it, <laughs> you know. You got something going on. And listen, I'm not saying maybe right now, but I'm just telling you, this is a useful tool for you to get. So acknowledge it. Just own it. Well, how about this? Sometimes you're ignorant of things that you've done. And uh, what guys, now let me speak to the guys for a second. Guys are terrible at reading the room, husbands in particular. And sometimes you said something to your wife, and that did not, it landed hard, okay, like really hard. And you're not reading the body language or nothing. You just think everything's all good. You might want to inquire. Hey, you all right? You're not normally your happy self. Same with your kids. If they withdraw, if there's just like time in the room, because you know, when they're little, they like time with you. And even when they get bigger, a lot of times we tend to think that teenagers don't like time with their parents. That's not absolutely true. It's just that sometimes when you're together, well, it's just, I, I can't please you, so I'm just staying in my room. It's just easier that way, right? And so perhaps look around like, hey, make sure things are good. Pay attention. The other thing is, we, we shouldn't hide our sin. Be honest. Be open. Be honest. Be open. Man, those conversations with the Lord can be challenging when you're just like, Lord, and you got to say it. But maybe you got to say it to somebody. That's equally hard. Let me just tell you, you know, the Bible gives you great wisdom on how to do those things when you're having these challenges um, in life. And you, know, you need to inquire help. You know, maybe you need, um, I don't know, fellowship leader, pastor, something like that to kind of help you to start the conversation. But, man, be honest. Be open. Because you see, there's all this blessing that comes around it. Now, we're just talking about these practical things around it, but ultimately... Look at what is, what is being done in this psalm in order for the Lord to not impute iniquity, right? The other thing is confess your transgression. Now, this is, man, you got to, again, it could be to the Lord. It could be to whomever you sinned against, but ultimately always to the Lord, right? And what that works out to is this, then God will forgive and it even goes farther to say this, blessed is that man. The transgressions are forgiven. Sin is covered. God does not impute his sin. And here's, the, here's that heart position. Why? There's no slack in his spirit. He is swift to correction. So now, I just, I'm just going to throw a question out there. Do you have a heart that's like that? Do you sometimes just try to hide and stay under and Shadow it, you got a hard, hard position, or you mad, or you feel justified in it, and so you don't want to resolve it. You just stay in a place of 
unresolved bitterness. Let me just tell you, free yourself from that. Be swift to correction. See, the thing is, is like, you don't want to live this life under those umbrellas of, of darkness that will just engulf you. That's how that works. It's bigger than you. It's stronger than you. And the thing is, is like the only way out for you really is like, okay, just man, let me confess it. Let me get right with God. If I'm right there, then I can begin to basically be right with everybody. But I got to start there. And perhaps it is that sometimes the relationships are not working out. Well, because you and the Lord haven't sorted it out. So be swift. Don't have any slack in your spirit concerning these matters. Get to it. Get to what it is that God has for you. Man, be right with him. Value that. Value correction. Next one. We must value God's promises. Is that a treasure to you? You know, we talked about that value in the king. Is is the king a treasure to you? Is correction treasure to you? Man, I think I love the fact that the Lord judged my sin at Calvary because that saved me. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Had he not have done that, I'm wearing that still. But now what about his promises, believer? See, this is to the believer. Do you value the promises? Or again, is it that now perhaps it could be some ignorance of just not knowing what promises you know, or for you or for Israel or, you know, and so you get a little fuzzy on, you know, the, the logistics of that. But I'm, I'm telling you, these, there has to be a heart that just says, I value these promises and I'm going to do my due diligence to find out what God has promised me. And then live in light of spiritual reality, which essentially would be me saying, Lord, I know there will come a day where I will spend eternity with you. And I want to you, for you to have said to me that I live like I knew that promise was going to be fulfilled. You see what I'm saying? See, the thing is, is essentially knowing that you will see the Lord, you will spend an eternity with him, should be the thing that is like the bracketry, the boundaries of your life. Because what are you going to say to him? If that's not how you lived. Yeah, you'll spend the eternity with him. You'll be saved, sure. But the Lord has this reward for you. Amen. And I'm desperate for you to get it. Because I want mine. <laughs> Whatever is coming to me, I want it. And so we have this really incredible um, callback to Abram or Abraham at this point in Romans 4. Now, we've studied Romans 4. We're in Romans right now, Bible study. I pray that you're coming to one of our Bible studies. If not, the ladies I know meet, Serene's Bible study meets tomorrow, which will be at the Fife household. And uh, ladies, if you're not a part of one of the Bible studies, they would love it if you came. So will you just throw your hands up for a second just so they can know, this is Rosie, and then there's Serene right there. You can talk to one of them, and you can go to their Bible study, and they would love it. Also, Stacy, you mean this week? Okay, see, Marvin. You just be quiet. <laughs> we just dealing with this week. 
Anybody else meeting? Deb, you meeting? Okay, Deb, you meeting when you're meeting? Tuesday at 5.45, ladies, we can be knit together in Bible study. And then we got the conference. Praise the Lord. <laughs> okay, no, I'm serious, so, serious. If you're not going, man, come, up, come and be a part. We'll get you dialed in on Romans. Okay, Romans 4, 13 through 22. We must value God's promises. And the whole concept here is that if you think about something now, Abraham, did he see the full scope? Did he even see Israel become Israel? <laughs> no. I mean, this guy is doing all this, making these changes, has a heart position that's like, yes, Lord, having not seen it pan out. Like, that is what I'm talking about in terms of living a life that says, I, I'm living in life of this promise. God, I trust you. So let's get into it. Let's see what it says here. In 13 through 22, it says, For the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Do you, do you realize what is this heir of the world? <laughs> wow. Verse 14. For if they which are the law be heirs, faith is made void, and the promise made of none effect. Because the law worketh wrath, for where no law is, there is no transgression. Therefore, it is of faith, that it might be by grace. To the end of the promise might be sure to all the seed, and not to that only which is of the law, but to that which is also of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. I mean, he's got physical things that basically should say, Man, God failed you on that promise. He's not going to make good on it. Right? Verse 20, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. And therefore, it was imputed to him for righteousness. Now, I love that imputed being that ascribed because it's like this evidence of that heart position, right? You get that. They work together. And so now, I love these noteworthy attributes. So get this down. Abraham's noteworthy attributes. These are our useful tools. But I wanted you to have this. Okay, against hope, believed in hope that he would actually be a father of nations. Okay, so now let's break this down just for you. What thing has the Lord promised you that you haven't seen come to pass? And yet the Lord is like, but I'm going to make good on it. The one thing I can tell you right now is the rapture. The Lord will return. He will say, come up hither. And now, is that exciting enough for you to live in faith? Just to know that that promise will pan out. The Lord will return for his bride will, shall, you know, me and shall, we got a relationship. 
And so, listen, that hasn't panned out. You haven't seen it. And, of course, yeah, all the preachers in the world, you know, myself included, yeah, we'll say, ah, it's end days. The times are coming. Times are coming. Times are coming. And then, you know, then Monday comes and you got to go to work. And you're like, man, I wish it was coming. No, it is. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It is. It is. Man, what, is, what are you doing with that truth? Because listen, there is a judgment seat of Christ. Well, yes, it's going to be glad. We're going to get the hugs and all of that. But the judgment seat of Christ is like, what did you do with the time I gave you? So there also should be a little healthy fear there as well. You're not going to just stand there and it's just like, you know, the slow motion run to daddy. And no, there will be some trembling. You probably won't even be able to lift your head until he tells you. See, sometimes I tremble at that, and it helps to answer the phone, <laughs> to respond to an email, to come on Tuesday, to come on Sunday, to get in the Word, to show up for Bible study, to make sure I'm available for discipleship. You see what I'm saying? It's not because I'm a superhero. It's because I'm a, my father <laughs> is, can be uh, intense. <laughs> And I want to hear well done. He's not weak in the faith. Man, how's your faith this morning? Did you come here actually ready to hear the word of God? Or are you just doubled over with whatever circumstances that you have going on? In order for that imputing of righteousness, all of these things are evidences of that. And so now all I'm suggesting is this. Where's the evidence? of your heart's value. Man, I know you're in a thing sometimes, for some of you, that are in a thing that looks hopeless. But if you have the Lord Jesus Christ this morning, it's never hopeless. Never. It's never the end. Staggered not at the promise of God. Man, there is some walking that must be done. How are you doing with that? Walking in, in the spirit. Man, you're trying to do these things in the flesh and you get tired, don't you? This is, I mean, these attributes are just so beautiful and really pretty simple. But they, they feel more challenging than they are. You, sometimes you just got to get started. <laughs> you know, you just need a little, uh, come on. Man, he was strong in the faith. He gave glory to God. Boy, how's that on your radar these days? Is when you give, you know, people ask you how you doing, and they're about to get a laundry list of uh, challenges. Or you say, man, glory to God. God is with me. That doesn't mean you have to hide the truth. It just means that now you're also going to put a perspective spin on it. You know what? God is with me. Pray for me. Got some challenging things going on, but I trust that God is going to see me through it. Man, is that your position? Or is it just, well, this is happening, and, you know, it's going to turn into a blues song or a country song, and nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> Man, give God glory. 
was fully persuaded that God was able to fulfill his promise, man. Like, I mean, just the sheer gravity of that is like because he never saw it. I cannot wait to have that conversation with him in eternity. Just like, brother, what was it? I mean, like, you were promised this thing. You had a couple kids. <laughs> you know, like, was it this huge thing that it later become? And, you know, you didn't even get a chance to see that in the full scope of what even Israel is today, right? Incredible. Or, or that I'm a part of it. Like, hey, you're dad, too. I could call you dad, too, you know? going to be sweet. And so, listen, all that to say this, the heart never lies, and what you value will be seen by God and others. Your heart never lies. So, I, you can tell me, man, God has imputed all of this, my bank account is full, I'm good, and God is good. I'm just looking at your body language in your face. I mean, because maybe you're not living according to that truth. And there's these evidences that should be characteristics that you have and possess. And so what I want to do is, is break up into groups. And uh, I think at first, let's do this. We need to probably just have some time in prayer. And you know what? I, personal. This is not Tuesday night. You're here together, but I want you to individually, you and the Lord, to have a conversation. And ask him. Ask him these three questions. Do I value you the way that you need to be valued? Lord, do I value correction? And then last thing you should ask him is, do I value your promises? Let me just tell you how this goes. The Lord will respond, and he will answer you. And you will get a chance to correct it, because he's love, he loves you. He's loving. And what I very much want, obviously, we know by the faith in Jesus Christ that essentially the position is this. Yeah, there are these, you have an account that kind of is filled up on goodness, right? It has this good things attributed to it. But man, you want to you live that out. You want to live in light of that truth, right? And maybe that is challenging for you right now. And so, perhaps it is, is that you just need to change where your heart's value is. Is it on the king? Is it on you? Your circumstances? Your difficulty, correction, do you feel right and justified? You know, and on the promises that the Lord is a promise breaker, not a promise keeper. And he's yet to make good on the things that he told you, comforted you with. And so, can we just have a, a, a time of prayer and then I'll come back up and uh, pray us out and then we'll be uh, dismissed. Heavenly Father, Lord, you, uh, you see us as we truly are. And right now, um, we're wanting to have a, a private conversation with you individually. Just that we would uh, maybe reevaluate some things.
Father, it is absolutely critical for us to value you as our king. Um, it's just going to open the door for conversation and that we can stand before you. We know that you're saying, hey, come, come to the throne of grace. And so, Lord, this isn't about condemnation, but just, man, correction. It just says, Lord, uh, I need to be right with you. I need to see you properly. I need, I need that to be preeminent in my life. And so, Father, I pray um, for myself and for these that, Lord, we would value that. We would put you higher up on the priority list. Um, Lord, that's going to open up how it is that we respond to you. And I pray that, Lord, that you would um, just take us by the hand. Um, Father, forgive us for those times that we just wander away like a child in a store. Lord, it's just it's the same way sometimes. We get lost, and it's, a, it's scary. Father, we're just, we're all, you know, on some level, we can all say that, man, we've had that moment. And maybe we're in it. And so, Lord, I just pray your mercy for those that are in it. They're in something scary. They're in, they feel lost um, and not really sure what to do next, what to think or say next. Father, your word has the answer. And so, Lord, I pray um, that they would be before you properly. Lord, that also there would be just a heart that values correction, that when we get in front of you, Lord, that we're, we're not bracing and wincing, um, but how you chastise us will be as sons and daughters. And so, Father, I pray that we would allow that process to take place, that we would allow your word to refine us and uh, conform us more into the image of Jesus Christ. Lord, that, that's never, that work is never done until you say, come up hither. And so, Father, um, I pray that we would be okay with that and that we would swiftly run to that because it's a place of safety and that we would see correction as safety. And then, Father, lastly, your promises. Lord, you, you have changed our lives for those of us that have called on the name of Jesus Christ. And there are all of these promises that we can live by, and yet, Lord, we probably don't even scratch the surface of that. And so, Father, help us to see your promises from your word, that we can stand on that, not emotions, solely. Obviously, things will be emotional. Uh, but, Lord, we need your word. We need your word to ground us. Um, and so, Father, I pray that that we would be getting those promises from all the places that we can, you know, whether it's Bible study, fellowship, main service, um, discipleship. And so, Father, would you be in all of those connections? Um, let your word be alive in our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I love you guys. We are dismissed.